Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. And now, Heavenly Father, may we be responsive to your word. May it take up residence in our hearts and lives and change us according to your will. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Dad, I don't think you should have to preach on your birthday weekend. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have an extra robe up here, do you, Dad? Oh, look. <laughs> 30 years ago, I remember waking up on the morning of my dad's birthday, which might have been a Sunday, I can't remember, and in our front yard there were tombstones. This was his 40th, and some people at church thought a good joke would be to uh, act like he had died, because he was so old. And now, now I'm nearly ready for a set of tombstones myself. My dad is turning 70, and I want you to know that every time he comes up to visit, we live in Jacksonville in the Great White North, Um, every time he comes to visit, I try to convince him to retire. I say, Dad, you're, you're almost 70. You really should think about it. And it's your fault that he hasn't retired yet. Because he is enjoying ministry, He is having fun. He is still feeling uh, a sense of of vocation and calling to this work. And he and I have you to thank for that. So uh, I'm glad to have the opportunity to thank you for, um, for allowing him to continue to serve in the way God has called him to serve and for being, uh, being a church family to him. Thank you. Also, my apologies that you always, uh, from what I understand, constantly have to hear stories about my children and my nieces and nephews. (laughs) Water didn't go down right. Cheetos, that'll that'll fix it. So a reading, we'll get there, hold on. A reading from Matthew chapter 5, this is the Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 5, verses 43 through 48, let us listen together for God's word to us. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? 
Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. George Buttrick was the pastor of Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church in the first half of the 20th century. And there's a story told about a time he was riding the train, and on his way, on that train ride, he was working on his sermon, and he ended up seated next to one of those talkative sorts who wants to strike up conversation, and he asked uh, Reverend Buttrick what he did for a living. He seemed to be intently working on this, uh, uh, this project, whatever it was, and he said, I'm a pastor. And the man next to him said, oh, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's my view of religion. I don't care too much about the ins and outs of religion. Buttrick kindly responded by asking, and what is it, sir, that you do? And he said, I'm an astronomer. And Buttrick said, well, I don't care too much about the ins and outs of astronomy. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. How I wonder what you are. That's my view of astronomy. It can be tempting nowadays, given how fragmented religion is, how eccentric it can seem, it can be tempting to have a a reduced view of what religion is, a simplified and oversimplified understanding of what it is. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Or maybe what we would choose is love. Maybe love would be that, that, that thing that when we boil it all down, we reduce it down to its essence, to its core, we end up with love. We love love, right? We do. God is love. We love love. When Jesus wants to boil down all of the Scriptures, He boils it down to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind and your strength and love your neighbor as yourself. It's the essence of Christian faith. It's the essence of the divine human relationship. It's the essence of human goodness, of our goodness towards one another. It is the embodiment of love. And love is all good. And our love for love is rarely Disturbed. It is rarely unsettled. It's this unshakable foundation of so much that we believe to be true and of so much that we aspire to be as disciples of Jesus. But love is not simple. Love is not as easy as we might think. One of the very first weddings I did was for a couple who had chosen 1 Corinthians 13 for their passage to be read at their ceremony. It's very common to hear these words in a wedding. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It always takes out the trash. It always shares the remote. It always says, yes, dear. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. I might have ad-libbed a little bit there. The couple, when when they were talking to me about their ceremony, they said, Please don't talk about how hard love is. How can we hear these words about love 
All the patience and kindness and not being irritable or arrogant or boastful or rude. How can we hear these words about love and not draw the immediate conclusion that love is hard? In fact, if anything represents perfect love, it's the words from 1 Corinthians. That is love lived out to perfection. That is an impossible set of expectations. It's an unachievable standard. That kind of love is only for saints. We know that love isn't easy. We know it's difficult. We know that it's complicated. And Jesus, when He's talking about love, says to us, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And we respond by saying, yeah, right. Nobody can do that. Nobody can be perfect. Now, I wonder if when you hear those words from 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, the kind of love that you might be imagining, I wonder if it's the love between uh, committed partners or the love between friends or the love between family, the people who are an integral part of our lives that we care so deeply about relationships we want to maintain. We want these relationships to thrive. And we know that in all of these arenas of love, it is hard enough. And Jesus looks at that love and He says, yeah, that's fine. But it's unoriginal. It's nothing special. In fact, if even those slimy tax collectors can do it, that kind of love is not especially Christian. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? Sometimes Jesus says things that resonate with us, that, that lift our spirits and fill us with joy and hope. And other times He says things like this. That sting. And they sting because we know how true they are. And this word from Jesus, this undeniable truth, cuts right to the heart. Because we love love. And we are willing to acknowledge that love is hard. But what we are not willing to acknowledge is that our love has boundaries. And we can't be expected to love past those boundaries. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. You have got to be kidding me. And when Jesus is talking about love, He has this little interlude. He says, God makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Now, I think this is a strange way for Jesus to choose to illustrate the love of God. He does much better elsewhere. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him will have eternal life and not perish. That's a pretty good way to express the love of God. What, uh, what greater love is there than this that a man should lay his life down for his friends? That is love. God is love. If we abide in love, if we abide in God and God abides in us, I got that wrong. Trying to do this from memory. We love because God first loved us. Jesus has a lot of these things in His back pocket. He could have pulled any of those out. But instead, He talks about sunshine and rain. Expressions of love, perhaps, but expressions of love that we have no hope of ever emulating. 
Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Not a chance. What does perfect mean to you? What do you think of when you think of the word perfect? I'm guessing you think flawless. No mistakes, no blemishes, no shortcomings. We already allow the ideals of perfection to influence so many things in our lives. Our performance, how others perceive us, our relationships, our vocation, our career, the lives we try to build, the person that we strive to be. The influence of perfection is all over these areas of our lives. And if our religious life just becomes one more area where we feel we have to be perfect, most of us will just say, No thanks. Some of us will say, yep, already there. Thanks, God, I did it. But most of us are going to say, no thanks. That's not for us. But when Jesus uses the word perfect, when you see the word perfect in Scripture, that's not what perfect means. That's what it means today. That's the, the way we have taken up this word. That's what we've made it mean. But it doesn't mean perfect for Jesus. You might remember these words from Hebrews chapter 12. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw aside the weight and the sin that so easily entangles us and set our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Those two words, author and perfecter, they get translated all kinds of different ways. And one of the ways perfecter gets translated is finisher. The one who begins our faith and the one who finishes our faith. Because perfect for Jesus doesn't mean flawless, doesn't mean blameless, doesn't mean sinless, or any of those things that we think it means. It means complete. It means finished. It means full. It means thorough. It means all of these things. We're not talking about superhuman people. We're talking about mature, full, complete people. So if we read that little interlude again with a different understanding of what it means to be perfect. We hear a statement of the way that God's love is perfect. The way that God's love is complete and full and mature. God makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Perfect love here is not about Our ability to always be patient and always be kind and never be irritable. We all fail that test. Here we're talking about love that is complete. Love that is uncompromising. God's gifts poured out for all. Sunshine and rain. God's gifts given impartially, consistently, unconditionally. I think that's the word for perfect love. Unconditional. Love that does not ask or even care. Who are you to me? What is my return on investment? What have you done to earn love? We're talking about love that isn't cautious or considered. It's not carefully measured out. It's not even sensible. It's not discriminating. It is un. Conditional. 
Several years ago, the well-known sports writer Rick Riley covered a high school football game for ESPN Magazine. I've never been a reader of ESPN Magazine, but I'm guessing they don't spend a lot of time covering high school football. But this was a special game. It took place in Grapevine, Texas. And it was Grapevine Faith against Gainesville State School. And when Gainesville took the field at the start of the game, Faith fans made a 40-yard spirit line for them to run through. Faith fans made a banner for them to run through that said, Go Tornadoes, and the Faith mascot is the Lions. More than 200 Faith fans sat on the Gainesville, on the Gainesville side, and they cheered the Gainesville players on by name. Faith crushed Gainesville. It was a blowout. But the Gainesville players celebrated like they had won the Super Bowl. After the game, 12 uniformed officers escorted the 14 Gainesville players off the field. They lined them up, and they put them in handcuffs and led them on to the bus. Gainesville State is a maximum security correctional facility 75 miles north of Dallas. Many of these kids were there because of convictions for drugs or assault or robbery. Many of these kids have families who have abandoned them. And when Faith's coach saw this game coming, he thought this would be an opportunity to do something special for these kids. So he sent an email to the Faith parents asking half of them to cheer for Gainesville. And he wrote to them, here's the message I want you to send. You are just as valuable as any other person on planet Earth. At the end of the game, before the Gainesville players were escorted onto the bus, the two teams gathered together for a prayer. And one of the Gainesville players named Isaiah surprised everyone by offering to pray. And this is what he prayed. Lord, I don't know how this happened, so I don't know how to say thank you, but I never would have known there were so many people in the world that cared about us. We are not perfect. We never will be perfect. That ship has sailed. But we can show perfect love. Love that is complete, that is thorough, that is uncompromising, that is indiscriminate. The British poet W.H. Auden says that the task in life is to love your crooked neighbor with all your crooked heart. That is perfect love. Imperfect people showing extravagant, unconditional love. Love that doesn't ask, doesn't care who somebody else is. Whether they are like us, whether they agree with us, whether they're worth it, whether they deserve it, or whether we get anything in return for it. This is how God loves us. This is how we can love others. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. It's not easy, but it's not impossible either.
Let us pray. God, you have shown us love that we do not deserve. You have given us gifts for which we did not ask, which we cannot repay. And you have invited us, challenged us, called us to shower those blessings, those gifts, that love upon this world. Make us perfect as you are perfect. Help us to love unconditionally as you have loved us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.